Savage. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Welcome to a new episode of uh, the Cloudgate Sports Podcast. We've got our post-game episode with the Blackhawks taking on the Lightning, uh, falling 5-1 to one and not looking good to start the season, even though uh, the Lightning are a powerhouse, still some concerning uh, factors for this team. So, Pat, go ahead and get right into the game. Yeah, Hawks take a tough one on the chin to lose 5-1 to one to start off the uh, the shortened NHL season falling into the defending Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I'll go ahead and preface this before we get into it. Um, and me prefacing this is not defending the Hawks' performance tonight by any means. Um, the Hawks, or the Tampa Bay Lightning, is questionably the best team in the NHL. Obviously, defending Stanley Cup champions, they have led the league in points or goals per game, uh, I think, for the past three seasons. Two, for sure, possibly three. Um they are without Nikita Kucherov. That's a huge, a huge loss to them. However, they did make some very strong acquisitions on the defense for this year. They have the Consmith winner, uh, Victor Hedman, uh, Steven Stamkos, a legend, and questionably a shoe and are ready for the Vesna Trophy and Andre Vasilevsky as their goaltender. So the Hawks do lose 5-1. to one. If you're looking at statistics, the uh, Hawks let up 33 shots and with Subban let up 5, so 28 saves. On 33 shots, the Tampa Bay Lightning, or we had 23 shots, uh, and last last he scored or saved 22 out of 23. Um, that last goal because it was a garbage time goal for the Hawks by Dylan Strome. The puck when he just didn't. It was a it, nobody actually scored. It was kind of yeah. a goal. So, um, so notes I had kind of have in the game is I, Brandon, I don't know about you. I know you started watching right when we the game or the puck dropped. First ten minutes, I was, I was, I was having fun. Yes, I was having fun. Also, the team looked really good, and then it got ugly pretty quick. Yeah. So Brandon texts me. It's the first commercial break. Um, Brandon's like, Pat, how are we feeling? And I'm like, you know what? I don't think the defense looks that bad. Uh, they're they're not they're not playing. They're, they, the defense, the defensemen specifically, looked a lot better to start off the first ten minutes than they did at all, like last season. Um. And let's talk a little bit the power play. I think our first power play didn't look too horrible, especially starting off with our second second string power play line, then going into our uh, first string. I think our power play looked very good to start off until Boak was turnover, and then we couldn't really get set back up. And then I ended the text message with, but ask me after this penalty kill, because Hawks just committed a penalty. And uh, I believe it was... um, I can't remember who we had the first goal. Basically, and this is going to be my recurring theme tonight, is Ma- Malcolm Subban. He won He won the goaltending competition between him, Lankin, and Delia. And it's quite noticeable that Subban has a serious issue in terms of giving up rebounds. The first goal was a juicy rebound right off the power play. Yeah. Um, yes, Keith and Murphy were sleeping in the middle. Uh, whoever was that, whoever it was that scored that first goal, and I'm looking right now, 
Um, that was Plot. Plot scored the first goal. He he was uncontested in the front of the net. Rebound right to him, and they buried that one home. The second goal for uh, Tampa Bay was another rebound, and I give I give a shout out to Yosef, who was the one who scored this for them. It was a rebound, but it was a hell of like hand eye coordination. He kicked the puck right to his stick and buried it home. And then uh, Chernak is one who was. The third goal, I can't blame Subban because it was a hell of an angle. It was like the tiniest slot yeah. between his left shoulder and the helmet. It's where they got it. Um, it's a hell of a shot by, by Cernak, so I can't blame Subban for that. Um, realistically, we couldn't just generate a lot of offense. I mean, that's what it seemed the recurring theme for me was. I mean, we, it's, we had 23 shots on net, but power play or just getting clean entries into the zone, it, it's – I think it wasn't there for the Hawks at all. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was very difficult for the Hawks to keep the puck out of their zone and keeping it in the lightning zone. It just wasn't good, and they couldn't really keep the puck for a long time tonight. Yeah, they were they were either turning it over. There's a lot of times where, especially in basketball, coaches harp on you for not no cross-court passes, and it seemed like there was a lot of cross-ice attempts for the Hawks. That we couldn't feed, or get, they were getting broken up in the in the neutral zone, and like I said, just couldn't get a clean entry in the zone. Couldn't really generate a lot of offense, and that speaks a lot to our injuries. Um, obviously, not having Dante is Kirby Doc Seabrook. It's it sucks. It really does, and I think it showed tonight that even that top line with the Brinkett, Strom, and Kane. I mean, they they are getting locked down. They didn't really have to worry about anybody else. Exactly. At least Tampa didn't have to. Yeah, are are you concerned about the rest of the season going forward after tonight? Especially so, here, how about this? Let's start with Subban's performance because that's probably the biggest uh, question mark for this season and is who is going to be our goalie. Uh, how what would you grade Subban tonight, and what do you think he could do better for next game? I literally, I mean, if you think about it, the first two goals are rebounds. If he doesn't let up those rebounds, if he's able to get better control of the puck, they don't score those first two goals. Maybe we lose the game three to one. Doesn't look as bad on the score sheet. Um, if I'm giving Subban a grade, I'm probably going to see minus to a D plus. He did have, a, he had potentially the the save of the year. If you saw that save, yeah. uh, he was beat cross ice, stuck his pad over stick out, and just nicked it and sent it up over the over the boards. Yeah, that's a huge question mark, and I'm going to say it now. I will be very surprised if he starts uh, Game 2 against Tampa. I don't see Friday. it happening. Who do, you, who do you see in that for next game? Delia will be. Yeah. So, as of right now, the two active goaltenders for the Hawks are going to be Subban and Delia, and then Lankinen's on that taxi squad. The NHL is kind of piggy, piggybacking off the MLB in terms of having that taxi squad with them. Uh, so, I'm going to go Delia. At this point, you have nothing to lose. You have to let Delia get a shot. After a performance like tonight, yes, I understand it's Tampa Bay. I understand they're the best offense in the league. You Still, that was in. a rough performance. It was a rough performance, and... I, and so you asked me about how do I feel about the rest of the season. I don't want to jump to – and this is a pretty big statement for me because I'm one to jump to conclusions. I don't want to jump to conclusions because you're looking at an NHL hockey team that had 10 days of training camp, no exhibition games, and they're going into the number one opponent in the league essentially. That is true. Um, Very rough schedule. Eddie Old. Eddie Olchek and Brian Boucher were saying it's going to take about five to six games for people to really get their feet underneath them. So I'm going to kind of stick with that. I'm going to, I'm not going to make any too harsh judgments on team right now. Obviously it, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It wasn't a good look. Um, I think time will tell. We'll see what the offense can do. Um, 
it's I'm gonna I'm gonna sit and wait. I'm gonna wait till we play. You know, I think I think our second series is Florida. We're playing the Panthers, um, which is they're an up and coming team. Joe Quinn was very well coached team. I don't want to blame not having a training camp on tonight's loss, but, but there comes a point where you have to look at the way. Yeah, I think you have to look at Colin. I mean, look, I mean, who just uh, got a two year extension, by the way, which we haven't talked about yet. Yes, and we'll we'll dive deeper into that in our weekly episode. Um, he did sign a two two year extension podcast. Today was actually his birthday too, so it's a tough and loss to have on your birthday. Bob. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have the and I'm blanking on the head coach for Tampa right now. You have their head coach who gets the team out and they drop five goals in their opening day, and then you got Quint or uh, Colleton who's got guys taking stupid penalties and a team that's really not all there uh, on the ice in the first day. It comes out of how did training camp go? Or how are you? How are you coaching your players? Yeah. What is the culture like in the locker room? I like I said, I don't want to pin too much on that. I want to obviously it's a really tough season, and I can't obviously I'm not gonna. I'm sure as hell if I was a hockey player and I didn't have a training camp or exhibition yeah. games, I would definitely be dogging at the first couple games. So. so Pat, with this being you know against Tampa and you know top team in the league just won the Stanley Cup, are you looking at next game as the real like? show of how the team might play the rest of the year with Florida? Uh, so we do play Tampa one more time. So oh, it's going right. to be, it's, yeah. it's going to be, I think consider it a lot like the MLB. You're going to be going to Tampa. You're going to be playing two games. So we play tonight. We're off day tomorrow. And then we play Friday okay. against Tampa. And then I think for we Tampa. are in Florida for the next series. I think that's going to be a Sunday, Tuesday series. Um, okay. The Panthers aren't going to be a bad team. They're, they're going to, it's, that's a good point. You do have to realize, like, if the Bulls were to go play the Lakers or, like, the Bears were to go to play the Chiefs the opening day, uh-huh. you have to take it with a grain of salt because they are so good. Yeah. Their opponents are so good. Um, for me, the games are going to stand out. Dallas is going to be a series where you're going to realize Dallas is a little bit of a struggling team. They did do really well in the playoffs last year in the bubble, how they are dealing with a lot of COVID issues. Detroit's really going to be the series. Not only do I love the Detroit rivalry – but it's going to be – Detroit's a struggling team. They're a very young team. They're on their way up, but they're struggling just like the Hawks are. Yeah. If they get their asses handed to them in those series, then it's going to be it's, – it's, we got to strap guys. it in and be ready for a long season. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, um, do you so feel do, as if go Colleton's going to uh, stay for the rest of his contract, or do you see a yeah. Boylan kind of situation? No, I think with our hierarchy with Stan and, and Danny Wirtz and Rocky Wirtz, I think he's he's locked in, according to Stan Bowman. Uh, in the direction the team is going, the Stan or uh, is the right guy to, to lead the way. So um, <laughs> hearing that statement and then hearing the, the Bears presser this morning with Ted Phillips and George Kasky, very, it's, it's, very it's, 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 a, it's a scary, similar situation. Good thing we have the uh, White Sox. It's very true. Uh, so I do have a couple notes on the rest of the game is if I were to have, uh, actually, before I get into my positive and negative players, I want to talk about Dominic Kubelik. Kubelik obviously was in the front running for the Calder, yep. which is the rookie of the year award. Um, he was found on the third line tonight with, I think, Peary and Suter. And he had, I believe he had the lowest, lowest amount of minutes. Um, I think he was just, just barely peaked over 10 minutes of ice time. Do Which you, from a do you guy think that's that Colleton, or do you think he might be injured already? I that's Colleton. I think that's Colleton 100. percent And this is what I wanted. To, this is kind of wanted to get, get into is 
either he had a bad training camp, Colleton uh, didn't like what he was seeing. Even if he had a bad training camp, he almost won the Calder last year. He's got to be he, he's got to be one of your top guys playing, especially with Doc and Taze out. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So either maybe he had a, a tough training camp, and and you know, I mean, you don't want to put him on those top two lines. Uh, you know, you don't. I mean, at this point, do you really want to throw him over to break it on that top line with Strom and Kane? I don't really know. But here's the thing: is he is the call. He was the finalist for the Calder. He had a hell of a rookie season, and he's getting ten minutes of playing time. He's on the third line. The third line was questionably the worst line of the night, in my opinion. Um, Dominic Kubelik is a great asset for the Hawks, and he's going to be a big part of our future if we do hang on to him. He needs to see more playing time, and he needs to see more playing time on those top lines around good players. I think him and Cat Patrick Kane, if, if the Brinkett has another tough season like he did last year, which I hope he doesn't, but if he does, Kubelik has to take that spot because I think Kubelik and Kane and Strom can mesh really well together. But granted, I understand. That's probably Kirby Doc. It's probably the Brinkett, or excuse me, Kubelik and Kirby Doc, and probably. Uh, Suter, I think, was that third line right wing. Um, it's a huge difference when you go from uh, Brandon Peary to to Kirby Doc as your third line center. So I, I don't like where Kubik was placed in this game. If I had two positive players from the game, Andrew Shaw, I would absolutely love him tonight. First game yes. back after concussion, he was he was showing some grit. He was showing some heart on the ice, especially on that penalty kill. I liked him a lot. And Ian Mitchell is my other good star player. Um, first game on the NHL. He looked like he belonged there. He was making Definitely. solid crisp passes. He was pushing the zone nice and clean off the, the right board. I, I liked him a lot. Um, what do you got? You got anything on Sean or Mitchell? Uh, no, but they did both look very good. Uh, you're right about Mitchell. He definitely looked good. Had some nice passes. Uh, excited to see what he can do and to really prove himself this season because I know going into the season there were a lot of question marks about him, but I think he's going to stay, and I think he's going to do really good this year. Yeah, and personally, on paper, I don't, I don't hate our defensive pairs. I mean, if compared to last season, like we definitely don't better anymore. than last season. Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, the the Han and Mitchell. I think it was Boquist and uh, Zadaroff, <laughs> maybe, and then Keith. I can't remember who Keith was paired up with. Connor Murphy. Um, I, I might have completely jumbled those lines. Zadaroff didn't look that bad either. I didn't hate our defensive pairs. No, I really I didn't. Know. And I liked Ian Mitchell getting in there. Um, I think I mean, Keith had a couple stu- stupid penalties too. Keith, for his age, he's looking very good. I'm interested to see what Brent Zebrook is up to because obviously he was un- he had that surgery and he couldn't play in the bubble last year. Was very released that whole article earlier in the summer or earlier in the in the fall about getting ready to come back and play. And then he comes back, plays one or has one day of training camp, and tweaks his back, and now he's unfit to play. So I'd love to see yeah, him back on the ice. I don't know. I don't know, Pat. I think it might be the end of the line for Brent. Yeah, I mean he's still under contract. That's the thing. Uh, I mean, hopefully so it if is he, just if a he tweak does back. say just say he does retire, how much would that affect uh, Blackhawk spending? Would he? Is it a full guaranteed contract? I know it's not like MLB is fully guaranteed, isn't it? Uh, no? Most most of the time it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, it's not. So, in terms of, like, the Corey Crawford situation, um, he forfeits that with those game checks. Uh, he's just not going to get those. Or in terms of the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, with losing Nikita Kucherov, that the Tampa Bay was right up against that salary cap because the cap didn't move because of COVID. Once you play somebody on the long-term IR, uh, you still have to pay them, but it's not a cap hit anymore. Okay. Um, 
So I would assume if if Zeebs was to retire, it probably wouldn't affect our cap. And I, right now, I would assume it is. Him not playing is probably affecting our cap. If he goes long-term IR, if he does retire, I would assume that we would get some, some bounce back on the cap there. Okay. So hopefully this is a tweak back. I'd be interested to see how Cobden jumps, jumbles the pairings if Zebrook is fit to play at some point. Uh, he did mention earlier in the season, uh, in the preseason, I should say, that he was expecting to jumble the, the defensive pairings a lot. Um, if I were to go two negative players, I, I hate to do it, but Malcolm Subban, just not his night. Those no. rebounds are killer. Uh, if Corey Crawford's in net, and I, I hate to do this comparison, but I feel like I have to just because I still miss him a lot. <laughs> uh, we definitely lose that game. Uh, Corey doesn't even make that third goal save on, on no, that short that was side. No, that was incredibly tough. We maybe lose three to one, two to one if Corey's in that. Corey's not giving up those rebounds, and you know if Subban's got this was his 61st start in the NHL. Uh-huh. You know he's he, it's, those are killers, man. That's that's fundamentals right there, and and I think Delia will get the start next week or actually on Friday, and then another negative player added Boquist. I love Boquist. I really do. I don't know. I'm really up in the pumps. air about him. I liked him a lot last year. Him and him and Keith paired up very well in the de- defensive uh, line together. He was just he was lost tonight, man. He didn't know where he was at. He was sleeping a lot of the time. He just had a rough yeah. Game but over. also, I mean, he is a young guy, and uh, you know, training camp and those preseason games got probably helped a lot. And he just he probably didn't prepare himself well enough. Yeah, and that's like I said, I don't want to be too harsh on people because you didn't have a. a a week and a half of training camp. You didn't have exhibition games. And like I said, Brian Boucher and, and Eddie Ocek were talking about that, but those, those games mean a lot. And I know we talk on the NFL about canceling the preseason or Brandon, you play baseball. Dude, I'm sure if you don't pick up a bat for a week and you get a 70, 80 mile an hour fastball blown past you, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, you're on. It takes you a little bit to get your feet underneath you. So uh, I don't want to be too negative on the first night, but you know, it is scary. I kind of had this, I was talking to myself into this mindset before the game started that like, I had very low expectations for the Hawks. I had very low expectations of the Bulls. Maybe the Hawks season – like the Bulls, they're under 500, but they're hanging in there in those games. Yeah, and also you see a lot more promise from that Bulls team. And, like, for the next couple of years, we know that they're going to improve a lot. The Blackhawks are just a huge question mark. Exactly. Exactly, and I somehow talked myself in his mind. So, like, the Bulls are hanging in there. They're making games interesting. They're, you know, they're learning a lot. They're developing. Like, hey, if the Hawks are losing, they have a losing season, okay. But if they're losing, you know, 2-1, to 3-2, to 4-3, losing 2 nothing, they're not getting blown out of the water, then I won't hate that. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened tonight. They just got blown out of the water. They just yeah. got beat on every asset of the of the ice is how it was. I agree, yes. So, so we got another game on Friday uh, with another matchup against Tampa Bay. And we're in Florida after that. Um, but, hey, dude, hockey's back, man. I fucking love watching hockey. It's my favorite sport to watch. I mean, you got some great games on tonight after the Hawks game. You got a great, a classic matchup, one of those key 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. starts between the Caps and the uh, the Penguins on uh, on Sunday afternoon. And to make myself feel a little bit better, uh, the Philly and, and Pittsburgh played today, and it was, uh, I think it was 3-3. Three to three. And nobody other than Eric Gustafson turned the puck over, and uh, Philly ended up scoring basically the game-winning goal. They went a 4-3 off Gustafson's turnover. So makes me feel a little better that Gus yes. isn't wearing a Hawks jersey anymore. Yes, I agree. Uh, so that does it with our Blackhawks post-game. Uh, again, tough night for the Blackhawks. Hoping to look forward to Friday. Uh, we will also have 
another post game on Friday with the Bulls taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Should be nice to get the Bulls back in action after their game tonight was canceled. Uh, so excited to see both teams in action on Friday. You'll get both post games about 20, 30 minutes after the end of the game. Just like all these other episodes, you'll get them about 20 to 30 minutes afterwards. So tough night for the Hawks. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on Friday. Peace out. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawks win. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. to the 20, breaks free of the 25 to the...